The Spur of the Moment podcast is proudly presented by Shane Daigie, Realtor of Always Here Properties. Selling your home, buying your home, first-time buyers, investors, and seasoned home buyers. Call or text 512-540-1626, and I'll be glad to help with all of your real estate needs. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Spur of the Moment podcast. I'm your host, Shane Daigie. And I'm your co-host, Drew Daigie. Welcome to episode 184 of Spur of the Moment. Yeah, coming straight from the Simonator Studios in the heart of Texas, the Spurs lost a tough one to the Chicago Bulls by a score of 114-95. to That drops the Spurs' record to four wins and 23 losses on the season and improves Chicago to 13-17 and overall. Just a tough night overall for the Spurs, couldn't, couldn't get to that 100 barrier and couldn't slow down the Bulls' attack. Um, what were your thoughts on this one, Drew? Yeah, it's rough. Very rough. I thought we had a chance to win this game, but I thought it was over after the um, first half. Just Spurs couldn't get anything going, and the Bulls got us there. Um, the, the Spurs shot 45% from the field in this one, 33% from the three-point line. Wimby didn't play as much as he did, uh, only 22 minutes in this one. I was confused on that. We'll get to that later. And DeMar DeRozan was cooking in the fourth quarter. He had 21 points, four rebounds, five assists. But that fourth quarter was amazing. He probably had most of his points in that, and he was on fire. So what, do you have a little bit more thoughts on this game? Well, the the I thought Kobe White was their best player for the Bulls that night. And, uh, I mean, of, of course, DeMar did his thing too, but – uh, White ended up hitting 10 of 15 shots for them and just made a tough hill for the Spurs to climb in this one. And Wimby didn't play just a ton in that one, uh, but uh, we'll get to that shortly. All right, let's listen to the uh, post-game interview. We got uh, Devin Vassell on this one. Did you come close to not playing? Or was, did you feel better earlier in the day or later? Um, I mean, I don't think it was ever a... Uh... I wasn't going to play. I definitely was out of it last night um, earlier today. But no matter how I was feeling, I was going to try and play today for sure. And a slow start by, by you was just there. I mean, those are all shots that, you know, I normally make. Um, you know, I just, once I finally started to get in my groove, I feel like I kind of get going. But um, I've just been trying to work on getting to better starts, truthfully. Not just for me, but for the team, too. What can you guys do to get the offense, you know, flowing a little bit more? Early? You say, you're talking about earlier or just yeah, in general? Just, just overall. Pop, Pop talked about that. He kept saying you got to score. Yeah, 100%. Definitely got to score the ball. Um, I think just being a, being a team, uh, being a young team, we got to be able to know each other's strengths. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Wimby at 7-5, we got to see him. You know, when he's down there and whether he's posting up or if he's sealing early, we got to see him. Um, you know, if Jeremy's posting a smaller guard, we got to know that that's a mismatch. We got to know that we could get it to him. Like, if I'm open at the three-point line, if I'm open sometimes, like, we just got to get it there. Like, we got to just be able to play to each other's strengths. I feel like sometimes we might dribble one or two more times, and now instead of Wimby being open on a lob, now they crack down to him, and now he's not open. Or if we over-dribble it, now I'm not open on the three, or whatever the case may be, and now instead of it being a good shot, it's a contested shot, and now it's a long rebound. We're trying to get back on transition, and it just trickles down from there, from there, from there. So. Right. Yeah, so Devin just talking about how the offense isn't flowing as needed and, uh, 
You know, Drew, I want to ask you about that. You know, the, he said, he obviously mentioned that we didn't see Wimby, and you obviously had some opinions pre, pre-show pre about that. Talk to us about what your thoughts are about them seeing Wimby and how that's going. Yeah, I wish we would uh, design more plays for him, and we're missing him a lot. Um, we don't see him. Um, Sohan misses him quite a lot, and Twitter knows that. If you check Twitter, they're always raving about that. But just can't find him, and there's opportunities for lobs, but... We we get it to him sometimes, but I feel like we get it to him a lot more. But we'll definitely get better with that. Sohan is very – he's trying to improve himself, and sometimes he misses Wimby. But what are your thoughts on that? I know you disagree. Well, I think it's important to listen to all the Twitter people because there's a lot of championships that are that are from Twitter followers all over the place that are making intelligent comments about the Spurs. But I will say this, and I've mentioned this over and over again. It's obvious we're the youngest team in the NBA. There's going to be things like that growing pains. Yes, we're going to miss Wimby. We're going to miss Devin. We're going to miss Sohan. We're not going to find them when they're open because that's what young teams do. That's usually we have the age of most G League teams. And so we're having to learn on the fly right now just because of our, our youth and, uh, and age. So with that being said, obviously they want to get the ball to Wimby, but Wimby's not going to score 70 points every night. And we have to understand that as a team, that's part of the process. I know it's very frustrating for the Spurs fan base because this year has really kind of uh, been a rough year. Obviously, last year you knew the nugget was, hey, if we if we don't do very well, we could get a chance at a really good draft pick. Well, we got the best draft pick that was available. This year's a little more like, well, we got the best traffic. Well, guess what? He's still 19. And so hands still just 20. And the cell's just 23 or 24. And Keldon, you know, they're all young. So they're having to learn how to play with each other. And, you know, we just got to we gotta stomach these hard times and, and press through them. But I get what you're saying. I mean, it's, it's frustrating on all accounts. But everybody becomes a genius when you're losing. But those things, people aren't saying those things when you're winning with the, with the same caliber of talent, which I think in time will happen with the Spurs. Um, Let's get on to uh, the top two, bottom two. Drew, who are your top two on this one? Yeah, so a lot of midnights here, but my number one on the top two list is Devin Vassell, my player to go off. Had himself a nice 21 points in this one. Had four rebounds, two assists with the steal, seven of 15 from the field in 31 minutes. Great game. Vassell is number one on my top two list. Number two on my top two list is Zach Collins. He has been playing terrible from the bench. I I feel like he's been better off the bench. 14 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, 5 of 10 from the field, and knocking down 4 threes. Didn't force any, and he was open on all those and made 2 of them. So, great game from Zach Collins. He also had 3 blocks. So, very proud of Zach in that one. What is your top 2? Yeah, no, I, I liked your yours as well. I thought Zach had a great game. He didn't make my top 2, but he was. it was a hard decision for me to not have him because I do think he's maybe better suited coming off the bench for us. But my number one, I also had Devin Vassell. Uh, just a great night overall. And I know he said he was under the weather a little bit, but he was like, yeah, without a doubt he was going to play. Um, so great night for Devin, and I like seeing him score. Anytime he scores over 20, I think, puts the Spurs in a pretty good position to win. And then my other one's a guy that I've really been noticing a lot lately as he's been starting at the guard for us. Malachi Branham had a really nice night. He had 13 points, six rebounds, a couple assists, knocked down a three. And uh, just overall, I thought it was just a solid performance by Malachi. And he's been able to string together some games. I know I was hard on him earlier in the year because he that wasn't happening. But you're starting to see it as he's inserted in that starting lineup and getting more comfortable every game. 
All right, what about your bottom two, Drew? Yeah, number one on my bottom two. He's made this list a lot. Doug McDermott is number one on my bottom two list. Has had a rough night, three points, one of four from the field, and one of four from the three-point line in 12 minutes. He is not playing like he's the second most paid spur, but um, that is true. He's number one on my bottom two. Number two on my bottom two list is Chetty Osman. Um, both shooters struggle in this one. Two points with two turnovers, shooting 0 of 4 from the field and 0 of 3 from the three-point line in 11 minutes. Who do you have on your bottom two list? Yeah, so I actually had one of our starters on the bottom two for me, and uh, that was Keldon Johnson. And it was just because he had three turnovers. He was only 5 of 13 shooting, but he just had a great game last game and uh, and then turns around and I thought this was a rather big dud for Kelvin. I think that consistency kind of goes back to the young thing I talked about earlier. So Kelvin was number one on my bottom two. And then my number two on my bottom two is another guy. I do agree with you on that, Doug McDermott. He was, uh, again, another rough night for Doug, and he's kind of hitting a, a pretty bad run lately. And like you said, we're paying him uh, a lot of money, so we expect more out of him than that. All right, now it's time for the question of the day. Remember, you can always text your questions to 512-540-1626. Drew's going to take it tonight. Yeah, so this question comes from Cole in Corpus Christi. His question asks, why is Wimby only playing 22 minutes? Is he on a minutes restriction? Yes. We'll take that. I'll 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 I do know he's on a minutes restriction, but I'll let you kind of elaborate more on that. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure it's his hip, correct? Uh, it said right ankle right last game. An, right ankle. Yeah, it would be tough right ankle. Um, um, that's going to be tough. And, yeah, I think he's on a minutes restriction. Restriction only playing 22 minutes. He was great in the 22 minutes. Three blocks, two steals. I really like that for Wimby. But, yes, Cole, he is on a minutes restriction. So that is this question of the day. All right. Thanks for that question, Cole. We're going to turn it over to this day in Spurs history. And we're going to dial it back to December 21st, 1977. That's when the Spurs went to Milwaukee to play the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the Bucks unfortunately got the Spurs in this one. They beat us by a score of 116 to 92. The Bucks improved to 18 and 14 overall. Spurs dropped to 16 and 15 overall that season. But they only had four guys in double figures. This was an interesting stat line. And the fact that their four leading scorers were uh, George Gervin, who's always at the top back when we get into the late 70s. Um, but he had 16 points. Larry Kennan had 16 points. Louis Dampier had 12 points. And Mike Green had 12 points. Um, so they really only had four players in double figures. But uh, dropping this one to the Milwaukee Bucks um, big time back in 1977. And that is this day in Spurs history. All right, now it's time for us to preview the upcoming game. And, Drew, tell us who the upcoming game is and tell us what you know about the opponent. Yeah, so the upcoming game is against the Dallas Mavericks on December 23rd. And the Mavericks are banged up, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, no Kyrie Irving, no possibly no Exum, and possibly no Luka as he missed the last game against the Rockets. He's currently questionable. So it's going to be rough, but Doncic has a possibility to play, and he's the leading scorer in the NBA outside of John Embiid, averaging 32 points a game. They also have Tim Hardaway Jr., who's averaging 17.6 points per game. Derek Jones Jr. and Derek Lively, they've been impressive off the bench at Grant Williams. So this Mavs team is good, but they are banged up. So this could, that could change up a lot of things if Luka does not play in this one. 
Yeah, for sure. Having having Luca out could be the difference between a real competitive close game and not one at all. He is that good. Um, I think the Mavericks they're they're I think they're a better team this year than they were last year, even overcoming the injuries. I think they've got a lot more pieces to the pieces to the puzzle and they're putting it together and I think kids getting comfortable there. So gonna be a tough matchup for the Spurs. My player to go off in this one, I'm going to keep on rolling with Malachi. I like him in the starting lineup, and I like what he's been doing, at least for the time being, until, until we're able to get a, a true point guard there. And uh, But, you know, the Vegas line has uh, the Mavs winning this one by 8.5. I actually think it's going to be a lot more. I think the Mavs are going to get us by 14, um, but I, I hope I'm wrong. We'll see what, what happens there. Drew? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I'm going to go with the Mavs to win by 19 in this one. Um, but my player to go off is going to be Devin Vassell. Once again, um, I really like what I'm seeing from him, so Devin Vassell is my player to go off. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Spur of the Moment podcast. Drew, would you take us home, please? Yes, thank you, everybody, for listening. And as always, go Spurs, go!